Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day. We got Jackson White, co-founder, editor-in-chief of Politoscope, TYT Rebel HQ creator. Should be a great breakdown. All right, 10-year-old child raped, gets pregnant. The state of Ohio says it is illegal for her to abort the fetus. And then state officials said it was made up. Here's the man who actually raped that 10 year old girl. Let's put him up full mass. His name is Gerson Fuentes. This piece of scum violated a 10 year old child. Let me give you the background to this horrendous story and how politics decided to silence the victim at the center of this international saga because it did make international news. An Ohio man was arrested on Tuesday for raping a 10 year old girl who became a central figure in the debate over abortion rights after she reportedly traveled to Indiana to have an abortion when Ohio outlawed the procedure last month. Now remember, the Ohio version of the bill said even in cases of rape and incest, it is still illegal in their state to seek an abortion. So much so that if you attempt, that's a criminal issue. If a doctor helps you, that's a criminal issue now. And a doctor has a duty to report you if you are seeking an abortion, even if you've been raped, okay? They created this law based on what's called a trigger law dynamic. What does that mean? It means they actually passed this law before it was legal for it to become a law. Now, why would someone do that? Number one, Republicans in Ohio, Texas and other places, they were already aware that the Supreme Court was going to overturn Roe v. Wade. They passed these laws one year ago, two years ago, some up to three years ago. They saw the writing on the wall. While Democrats were still saying, there's no way Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Republicans were passing laws that would have a trigger impact once Roe v. Wade was no more. This also allows for the Republicans to avoid the public relations campaign of getting legislation passed after the fact. So they did it before it was even allowable. So the law becomes automatic without them having to make the case. There's more, an arrest record was found. Court records viewed by the Daily Beast confirm that Fuentes, 27 years of age, was arrested on Tuesday in Franklin County on a felony charge of raping a person under 13. The Columbus Dispatch, who first reported on this arrest, attended Fuentes' arraignment in Columbus on Wednesday. The unidentified girl's plight became national news when the Indianapolis Star quoted a doctor who said a 10 year old rape victim who was six weeks and three days pregnant had been forced to travel from her home in Columbus, Ohio to Indiana for an abortion. Her home state had a trigger law that immediately outlawed abortions after six weeks once the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. A Columbus detective 
identified by dispatch as Jeffrey Hun, testified in court Wednesday that a 10 year old victim was impregnated and had an abortion in Indianapolis. The victim went out of state to have a medically terminated abortion. He said, according to a video of the arraignment, Fuentes confessed to the rape when he was questioned about it. Now, during this time, when it became a story, Republican Attorney General of Ohio decided to hop his happy ass on Fox News and other conservative media outlets to denounce this story and say it was a hoax, to say it was made up. He's the chief prosecutor of the entire state of Ohio. And he, without evidence, decided to go on national media and defend a rapist. He said it was all just hyperbole, nothing to see here. Oh, There's no rapist raping a 10 year old girl in my state. That's what the man said, put his picture up. The arrest comes after conservative media claimed that the girl's story was made up for political theater. Something parodied by Fox News presenters as recently as Tuesday night while Fuentes was already in custody. You see that guy there, his name is Dave Yoist. He's the state attorney general for Ohio. This character spent much of the last week effectively dubbing the story a hoax, suggesting that he and his office had heard nothing about any such crime being reported in Ohio. He said, and I quote, now remember this is the chief prosecutor of Ohio. He said, we have a decentralized law enforcement system in Ohio, but we have regular contact with prosecutors and local police and sheriffs. Joyce said in a Fox News segment on Monday, not a whisper anywhere. Yet, this attorney general released a statement yesterday afternoon that did not address his previous comments. So, what did this politician who defended a rapist say? We have decentralized law enforcement in Ohio. Joyst immediately must apologize according to Crossman. So Joyst went on record yesterday after it was known he was wrong. He sends his sentiment, he shares in the anger. It's one of these, whoa, we should not allowed this to happen in Ohio. However, Attorney General, you're the person who said it was a hoax. And without even acknowledging your previous statement, without even acknowledging that what you said and what your office represented was wrong and it was wholly inaccurate and it did not represent the victim, this 10 year old, nor did it represent the sentiment of who you are as a prosecutor or who you should be as a prosecutor. Instead, you avoided all of that. 
After implementing a six week abortion ban without exemptions for rape or incest, Dave Yoist rushed to get himself on national TV to criticize the story of a 10 year old rape victim, calling the story a fabrication, said Crossman, who is a current state representative in Ohio. Crossman added that Yoist must immediately apologize to this young girl, her family, etc. That's not going to happen, okay? The Attorney General is not going to apologize. You know why? Because the politics of this movement, so to speak, is stronger than any common sense. You think they're going to start acting as if they have common sense, common decency, common courtesy? You think they're going to say, you know what, I was wrong about that, I need to correct it. We need to go on the record and say, this office was inaccurate. They're not going to do that. This is not about protecting life. This is not about protecting some kind of religious dynamic in America. This is all about white male domination. Now remember, not only are they taking away a woman's right to choose in this country, they are also now creating legislation that will make it illegal for women to travel outside of their state where it's illegal to a state where it is legal to exercise their right. That's another violation of the Constitution that will only apply to women. The Constitution says you have the right to interstate travel. It's under the Commerce Clause, look it up. If they pass legislation that limits a woman's ability to go to another state to do what is illegal in their state, but legal in another state, that's another right taken away only from women. We have never seen anything like this before. Have you ever noticed the state of Alabama? Prosecuting someone who goes to Colorado and smokes marijuana. It's illegal in Alabama to smoke marijuana. It's legal in Colorado. What about gambling? Have we ever known a state to prosecute someone for going out of a state where gambling is illegal to a state where gambling is legal? Have they ever prosecuted the charter bus company that took you from one state where it's illegal to the next state where it's legal? Has that ever happened before? No. Jackson, thoughts on this? So I think that the first important thing to take note of and to realize is that let's say that this story was a hoax, like the prosecutor and a few other people, including right wing pundits in the news said. Even if this was a fake story, in a population of over 300 million people, these types of things do happen. And these types of things happen, you know, in a number of instances and at scale because we're dealing with over 300 million people. So these are the types of stories that we're getting ready to see frequently. These are the types of results that we're getting ready to see frequently. And the fact that this doctor is, uh, you know, potentially going to be prosecuted. For performing the abortion on this little girl, it's as we talked about before. It's going to drive other doctors into fear of performing life-saving procedures as well. And also, it's important to point out that you know it just goes to show that these people came out immediately and said it's a hoax without any evidence, without even trying to put forth any evidence. How lazy and just small-minded these people really are. But as George Carlin once said, never underestimate the power of stupid people in large groups. And that's unfortunately what we're dealing with. Yeah, and they're so quick to debunk anything that would cause their precious political ideology to become questionable to reasonable people. They're willing to silence the voice of a 10 year old victim and they're willing to literally defend a rapist in their state. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Her restaurant 
closed down. Give you some background as to why. She has a restaurant called Shooter's Grill. It has officially shut down after running her restaurant for years. The congresswoman um, is saying it is no more, all right? Shooter's Grill officially closed on Wednesday. It officially closed on Wednesday after she could not secure another lease. In June, Fobert was told by her new landlord, Milken Enterprise, that her lease would not be renewed. That's according to the postindependent.com. Okay. There's more. She soon called to beg, but there was not really much wiggle room or anywhere to compromise unless we bought the building ourselves. She claimed that she was not being evicted. The lease is not being renewed. That's a big difference, the congresswoman said. Bobert isn't sure what's next for her career, but she wants to continue her pro shooting brand. Now, if anyone ever went to this restaurant, you would notice that there's a theme at her restaurant. All of the waitresses, they carry guns. They have guns on their uh, on their side, all right? I don't know if they're loaded or not, I have no idea. But that's the thing, okay? All right, uh, we should just dramatically scale it back because obviously we're not in our building, she said. It may look like Shooter's Coffee Shop with pastries and some easy breakfast sandwiches and merchandise. Uh, Congresswoman Bobert said she started the restaurant to give jobs to female inmates at the Garfield County Jail so they could trade their shame for glory. The gun and shooting theme only came after Bobert said someone was allegedly beaten to death in front of the building. Um, but in fact, the person actually died of a methamphetamine overdose uh, in front of the building. Okay. So interesting stuff here, right? The spin is on. But let's go back to the fact that Bobert has basically called for the death of President Joe Biden twice that we know of. That Congresswoman Bobert is also antithetical to democracy. She does not like the formation of the Constitution. She believes that the church is supposed to be in charge of America, according to a statement she made recently. That in fact, the church itself, according to her, was supposed to always be in charge. By the way, that is completely contrary to the foundational documents of this nation and everyone who decided to run away from church rule. But this is what happens when you put someone in Congress who did not pay attention in civics class. These these are basic elements of truth. And while she's spouting this ridiculous nonsense, there's a crowd in front of her of Christian evangelicals who are applauding the misinformation. All right, well, Jackson, uh, no more Shooter's Restaurant. <laughs> what is the state going to do? Well, it's gonna be a Shooter's Garage restaurant now. <laughs> but you know, I, I just definitely, I think, um, you know, it's interesting that conservatives, it just seems that, you know, so much of what they do, especially at least, you know, the American conservative movement is they go out of their way to try to be offensive. Uh, that's really all this restaurant was about is triggering the libs. You see the same thing with the LGBTQ community with right wing pundits, for instance, you know, like how Elliot Page, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to call a new name. I, what, why can't I call people whatever I want to call them? I don't, you know, like, and it's like they they gather around and they have these, you know, hollow debates as if they're such geniuses. But in at the end of the day, it's like, well, if your business failed, it failed. If you gotta get up out of there, you gotta get up out of there. And you know, welcome to capitalism. So I, I can't find any sympathy for Lauren Bulbert for anything that's going to continue to come her way.
There, there you go. All right. You know, everybody has an opportunity to do great things when the situation is in front of them. Uh, rapper Styles P confronts the cops over an aggressive use of force by the police. Here's the video. Yo, yo, you're broken. Hello, hello. No, I'm recording. 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 I'm You're gonna be shocked when you hear why they slammed this young lady to the ground. And I know some people are going to push back once we put this on social media and say, well, well, the young man was out of line here. He was cursing at the cops. Well, there's something called freedom of speech, which by the way, the police are supposed to protect you from anyone who would like to violate you because you exercise a constitutional freedom. You have a freedom to be a jerk, to say things that others do not agree with, even if you're saying things about the police. Now, something else I want to bring your attention to. That police officer stopped harassing that young lady. Mission accomplished. Here's the background. Let's put up this graphic. It's really interesting. This happened in Yonkers, New York, okay? Yonkers PD claimed that this DoorDash driver was arrested for reckless driving of a moped. Yeah, right, that's what the police are saying. The woman says she has a title even though they said, "Oh, it's unregistered. She calls BS on that, says she does have a title for the vehicle. And not only did she have a title, she was authorized by DoorDash to use it for work. She was in the middle of a delivery when this happened. The witnesses saw it from top to bottom. As for the way she was taken down, the claim she was fleeing, according to the officers, has been debunked by multiple witnesses. Um, the officers claimed that they had to catch up with her. The individual continued to refuse to comply, at which time an officer utilized a standard takedown to bring her to the ground to be handcuffed. The department says it immediately opened a use of force investigation. So now, because this was recorded, a use of force investigation has been mandated. 
okay? So the department says it immediately opened up a use of force investigation even before Styles P video was posted on social media. And the early stages of this investigation revealed that no strikes were used at any time during the incident and no force was used after the handcuffs were applied. Now, why do you think that happened? I think that happened because citizens started to crowd around this young lady. There was a recording and nothing else happened beyond that initial slam and obviously the arrest. So it is interesting that an investigation according to the police happened quickly. Now, we don't know that to be independently confirmed. We do know the video went up and when the video went up, that's when we got a response from Yonkers PD that they were on top of it, so to speak. But without the video, there is no response. So literally they waited for the video to come out before they said, "Oh, yeah, we're already on top of that, okay? Here's my ultimate point. This woman, this young lady, is a DoorDash driver on a moped, okay? Does it take all of that? If you believe the vehicle is unregistered or you believe the person is driving in a manner that they should not, you gotta think about this in context. Does that warrant what we saw? Does that warrant this? She's in the middle of her workday. There's real crime happening. There are people being raped. Stabbed, murder, robbed, burglarized, real crime. This woman is in the middle of delivering for Uber or DoorDash or whatever it is. Why? Why is this considered protecting the public? How? How is this a public safety issue? I don't get it. There's a significant disconnect for me because the only people I see who are a public safety threat are the police. She was delivering food. All right, Jackson thoughts. So the reality is, is that this type of behavior is rewarded because so seldom do police officers have to face any justice for what they do. I mean, they really weren't even all that bothered about being recorded. But the reality is, is that within the political climate that we live in now, especially with the right wing continuing to fan the flames of racist hate with things like the great replacement theory, every time people turn their heads on any of their outlets, these types of police officers, these types of delinquent officers, I should say, are gonna continue to fill the force because they're gonna feel that they're being called to do so. They look at all these other people, you know, as this fascist movement continues to grow as intruding on what's rightfully theirs. And so with the as they continue to trumpet these conspiracy theories, as the country continues to become more brown, these types of people are gonna file in the ranks more and more because they don't face consequences. Yeah. Well said, we got more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read these amazing comments. Before I do that, don't forget to watch the watch list. The big homie, Jared Jackson, live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. You can watch live daily and follow at facebook.com forward slash watch list TYT. And also subscribe at youtube.com forward slash Watch list TYT. All right, Raptor underscore LA says, I pondered joining TYT in the past, but became resolute because of Dr. Richard Indisputable. Stay in the fight. Well, bless your heart. Thank you so much for that, Raptor. We appreciate your continued fight. I am Sock says, she's 10 years old. 10 year olds have no political agenda. That's right. There you go. 
YouTube Super Chat, Crystal Townsend. Doctor, please cover the story of Tyranny Savage. She has she was denied a protective order against her husband, and now the whole family is dead in a murder suicide. Um, I got wind of that story today. I'm aware of the story and I'm researching the story, okay? And I will bring you that story soon. William Moore, uh, the Indiana Attorney General just threatened to take the medical license of the doctor that performed the abortion for the 10 year old girl. Indiana is messed up too, that's right. Because their law literally uh, either is in place now or will take place in the next few days, okay? All right, uh, 10 year old victim, Abstractivoti, I think. Um, imagine this sad excuse for an attorney general's history and the other cover ups not even made public. Yeah, C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. What happened to our education system over the past 20 years that has caused us to produce people like Lauren Boebert? Is she really that uneducated or is it an act? She doesn't have any acting credit, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. You like my white privilege card? That's hilarious. It's, it's been okay. Get to your death. What's a good phone number for you? I mean, <laughs> the police are looking at, ha, ha, this is so funny, <laughs> white privilege card. Well, guess what, it worked. Now those cops are under investigation because that Karen showed them a white privilege card and they were all smiles and happy and according to her, decided to not write her a ticket because she showed them a white privilege card. And yes, I know she's not white. The Karen has been identified as Mimi Israela. A woman who describes herself um, as Filipino origin. And according to her Twitter bio, uh, according to her Twitter account, this is what happened. So, white privilege card works as a driver's license always. Keep one in your wallet, she says. At 3.43 AM Alaska time, I was driving towards Sicily's pizza. I was starving and sleeping when I got pulled over by the police. Officer Bo said I was waving on the road. I told them that I just arrived from California to attend President Trump's rally this Saturday. I told him that I backed the blue and showed him my born to ride for 45 best with a hashtag back the blue patch. It was fun, okay? As an SOP, he asked for my driver's license. I looked in my wallet but could not find it. When I saw my white privilege card, I gave it to him. If it's okay, he laughed and called his partner. It's their first time to see a white privilege card. I'm already having so much fun here in Alaska. Got a white privilege card from the Hodge twins, conservative twins at Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, here's what the card uh, looked like up close. We actually covered this before. Okay, white privilege card trumps everything. Yeah, I covered this when these cards first popped up. They were being sold on Amazon of all places. This woman literally used a white privilege card and the police laughed and let her go according to her. 
Uh, as seen in the video, the officers and this young lady, this woman, this Karen had a good laugh about the whole thing. And actually accepted the card and let her go without any citation. Let's put this up. So according to the post, someone says, did he give you a ticket? Her response, nope. Obviously, this angered many people and an investigation has now been launched according to Anchorage Police Sergeant Jeremy Conkling, right? Who's on the left and the police chief, Michael Curl, put out a statement regarding the matter. Here's part of that statement. As law enforcement professionals, we are held accountable for our actions. Really? And I'm aware that the action of one officer can impact the trust between the police force and our community. I know we are all human, but we belong to a profession that does not tolerate practice, condone, facilitate, or collaborate with any form of discrimination. This profession requires our employees to treat everyone with respect and be culturally aware and competent. Our vision is to create an environment where everyone matters. But chief, what in the hell are you doing with the cops that engaged in this mess? What are you doing? What's the punishment? What's the penalty, right? You can talk good all day, chief. But until your words align with action, it's just malarkey and nothing more. Here's why it went down the way it went down. Your policies may be correct in Anchorage. What's on paper may be right. Your protocols may be appropriate on paper. But you have an issue with culture. Because when that officer saw the white privilege card being handed to him by a brown woman, he laughed. So much so, he had to call his buddy over because they share the same culture. They know what they were doing was antithetical to what's written policy of your department. Once again, culture eats policy alive every day of the week. And I'm sure when they got back to the precinct, they had a big laugh about it. The woman says she avoided a ticket because she showed them a white privilege card. Culture. I guarantee you, because some will say, well, they were just having fun. It had nothing to do with racism. Watch this. What if she would have gave them a black privilege card? You think it would have been the same reaction from the police? There you go. All right, Jackson, thoughts here. Yeah, so I can almost guarantee that that white privilege card was made as just a smack to the libs and the police let her go as a smack to the libs. Cuz like you said, it's part of the culture, you know, like, oh, white privilege isn't real. So let's make these cards just to own to the, you know, so that's how they connected along political lines. There was a connection right there. And, you know, the police chief's probably just gonna wait it out and do absolutely nothing because this is an Anchorage, Alaska place where people don't pay much attention to. So that's probably his plan. He's just gonna wait it out till people forget about it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I really believe nothing will happen even even though uh, it is clear there's this Trump, this Trumpite community forming uh, in law enforcement as well as between certain communities and members of law enforcement. And that's what you just saw happen in that video. We got an update, Vince McMahon had to pay millions of dollars to women for their silence because he's a horrible person. 
Let's put his picture up full mass. I got an update about Vince McMahon. He allegedly paid out millions in hush money to a former female wrestler with whom he had a coercive sexual relationship with. And who was allegedly not brought back to WWE after further sexual advances from the executive. Okay. McMahon also allegedly paid out 7.5 million, 7.5 million to the former wrestler who claimed that McMahon coerced her into giving him oral sex, demoted her, and then decided not to renew her contract in 2005 after she resisted further sexual encounters with him per the journal. The wrestler and her lawyer reportedly negotiated a non-disclosure agreement with McMahon in 2018. The journal reported details, a total of $12 million allegedly paid out to four women over the past 16 years to quiet allegations of the 76 year old McMahon's sexual misconduct. The journal also cited documents, documents, and those familiar with the deals that McMahon paid the former wrestler 7.5 million for her silence. In addition, McMahon allegedly sent unsolicited naked photos of himself to a WWE contractor and sexually harassed her on the job, leading to about a $1 million non-disclosure settlement in 2008. In a 2006 agreement, a former WWE manager was paid $1 million to stay uh, to stay silent about McMahon initiating a sexual relationship with her, okay? Shortly after, shortly after the initial report broke, right? McMahon was temporarily, uh, temporarily has stepped down as the CEO of the company. Now watch how they did the trickaroo here. But backstage reports indicate he still runs the TV shows, he interacts with the talent as well. Since the allegations broke, McMahon defiantly appeared on the TV twice just to soak up applause from fans and said nothing about the allegations. So here's why this is problematic, okay? In our last report, we referenced the story of Rita Shatterton, okay, who claims that McMahon raped her decades ago. Leonard Izentari, a former professional wrestler, corroborated the allegation that McMahon did in fact rape her. He said, and I quote, I remember it like it was yesterday. She was a wreck, she was shaking, she was crying. Leonard then said, Rita told him all about the incident where McMahon raped Rita in his limo, there's more. According to an affidavit back in 2017, McMahon, after learning that one of his performers, Ashley Massaro, was allegedly raped by a military doctor during a WWE overseas tour, he allegedly told her to keep the incident confidential because it would in fact ruin the relationship between the WWE and the United States military. That young lady you're looking at, she later took her own life. She committed suicide in 2019. There's more. You know when we say that corruption is never linear, meaning when you have one ism, racism, sexism, you have others. They do not exist in silos. 
So let's break down the racism against performers. In the early 2000s, McMahon allegedly told the former head of talent relations, Jim Ross, that he didn't think men found Asian women attractive when bringing up the prospect of hiring wrestler Gail Kim. In another incident, McMahon told former WWE wrestler Carlito to T, that's a Hispanic slur, it up. Implying for him to act more stereotypically Hispanic when crafting his ring persona backstage. There's more. On screen, McMahon said the N word, part of his character on WWE. He said, what up my to John Cena? As a black wrestler, Booker T stood by speechless. In another segment, he wore a do-rag and spoke in what he called Ebonics during a storyline feud with black wrestler Bobby Lashley. Since the allegations broke, only one board member at WWE has resigned. As I said, I believe the entire board is aware of all of this. And they have been aware for a very long time. Once again, McMahon, rich, powerful guy, goes around not only discriminating against individuals, showing his insane appetite for sexual misconduct, credible allegations of rape. Who does he run with in these streets? Well, none other than Donald Trump, right? These individuals, once again, they come from the same cloth. They get each other, they're similar people. Jackson, thoughts on this? So it always really just blows my mind how you know men like this who are in positions to where they have access to as much sex, you know, consensual sex as they could ever possibly want. Um, they have money, they have resources, but that's not enough power for them. Actually, domineering over others in some type of way is the only way that they can get their fix because everything gets old. You know, because again, this isn't about sex. Vince McMahon has the status to where he could have sex with another woman every day of the week if he wanted to. He just could. He could pay for it. But you know, so it's always crazy to just watch these men who have everything in the world and it's just not enough for them. And you're absolutely right. Of course, the board knew about it. I mean, but until there's, you know, until consequences are actually going to rain down, then you know, keep the show rolling. Yep. And obviously, that has been the decision. Uh, he's no longer CEO, but he's still in charge of everything. It's ridiculous. All right, mm -hmm. we have more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let's get to it. Let me read a few of these comments. Amazing comments here. Uh, Raptor underscore LA says, is Dwayne the rock time again? I bet Dwayne's father has become, uh, has some tea to dish. Uh, to view WWF the same, I used to view WWF the same as NASCAR. Lynn, wow, what a surprise, Karen was going to a Trump rally, <laughs> that's right. Uh, the card works, uh, so LJ, LJP71 says the card works even when you aren't white. Well, damn, yeah, it looks like it. YouTube, Savage Bear, uh, Savage Bear, in some states a person who commits sexual assault can sue for custody of his victim's child. Yep. Thank you, Megan Ann, we really appreciate you. Albert Lopez, if I find this lady, I will tell her your card has expired. 
or it was issued under, I don't know, false pretext. I don't know. Okay. Um, Alex Jones, his wife, offers insider information to the committee. Now, she's trying to get information to the government about her ex husband. And obviously, the information connects back to him being dangerous, maybe even against the country. Now, I want to remind you that Alex Jones, well, he's unhinged. Here's some of that. You, you will pay for what you've done. And I pray that God send angels to visit vengeance upon you. But none of us will harm a hair on your filthy murderous heads. But God will crush you, crush you. You will be destroyed, not us. And you, the viewers and listeners, you did this. And that's why when I salute you, I'm not into self-harming, but I just archetypally want to take this dagger and just cut a finger off right on air to show you how much I appreciate you and what you've done. Because giving up a finger to beat these people is nothing. You know, if your daddy's Johnson was a foot long, yours is six inches long. And if yours is yours was six inches, your son will be three inches. And the one with that won't even have a penis. So we make jokes about that all day long, but this isn't a game. And you can say, okay, well, who cares? Well, we're sterilized. Alex. Whatever explanation makes you feel better, brother. <laughs> Listen, I just had to give you context that the man is unhinged. So his ex-wife says she has information, damning information against Alex Jones that she must get to the January 6th committee. Let's put up her picture. This is really fascinating. This is so interesting. Okay, let me try to unravel this. Um, where do I start? After the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th terrorist attack completed their hearing on Tuesday, the former wife of Alex Jones, you're looking at her, she took to Twitter saying that she could actually help with the investigation. That's the ex-wife. Now, I'm gonna give you some background on Tuesday's hearing. Because naturally, if the ex-wife heard something on Tuesday and said, wait a minute, I have some information for you. We need to know what went down at the hearing. So on Tuesday, the committee, the January 6th committee, worked on establishing the links between Donald Trump's December 19th tweet stating, big protest in DC on January 6th, be there, will be wild. And also far right militia groups like the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers who participated in the attack, Infowars, Jones was also featured prominently in the hearing shown promoting the rally that preceded the Capitol riot, okay? This spurred Kelly Jones, Alex Jones' ex-wife and mother of three of his four children to put out this tweet. Let's put the tweet up and multiple other tweets. Quote, tweeting a video she posted in 2020 of Alex Jones threatening to fight saying America is rising. Kelly Jones's ex-wife tweeted and I quote, 
I'm Alex Jones, ex-wife, and I lost my kids for exposing Infowars, even while he was under subsequent federal investigation. I have insider info that I believe is relevant to the January 6th committee hearings, please share, okay? It says Alex Jones threatens, they wanna fight, they better believe we'll bring one. Here is my ex inciting anger, chanting 1776 and saying, they will be in their GD bunkers when we come for them. They will be destroyed. Yeah. Well, the two share custody of their children, but according to Austin American statesman in 2020, their two daughters live with Alex Jones for most of the time. We got to pray for them. Uh, spending two hours every uh, Thursday and every other weekend uh, with their mother. Uh, she has been fighting for custody for a while. All right, now you you have to know that our judicial system is completely broken when Alex Jones can successfully petition a judge to let him watch a child, even if it's his own. All right, Jackson thoughts on this. She has damning information. I need, listen, let me do this. Hold on, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Ms. Jones, do, do, do us a favor. Just send it to me. Right. All right, if you got damning information, send it over to Indisputable. Right. Okay, exactly. we'll know, we know what to do with it. That's gonna be the best place for it, exactly. That's right. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's just, you know, again, power and, and this guy's antics are getting him caught up in treason. Hey, hey, you know, I remember the first time I was exposed to Alex Jones. It was when I first moved to the East Coast. That was one of my jobs. None was going on. It actually was on the Young Turks. And he had on some like horse head or lizard head or something like that. And I was like, this dude is on coke or something. And again, it just blew millions of people tune into this man. <laughs> right. And you know, and, and but the thing is, is it's like, you know, a lot of the time stuff can just start off as entertainment. But he has those little snippets of things that they do want to hear in there, like you know, not trusting the government for certain types of things, not trusting different types of groups of people. So that insanity and his antics end up mixing into that perfectly. And over time, it's just what people are consuming. So you know, it's just crazy to see uh, what can end up building influence in this country. Yep, 100% right. All right. You know the picture of the Uvalde cop looking at his phone, the cop in Texas looking at his phone while children are being killed. We've identified this cop. Let me first take you to the video, here it is. Thank you. 
the cop, let's put his picture up. Let's put the picture up when he's looking on the cell phone. This cop, okay, his wife was a fourth grade teacher in that same building. She was shot while shielding students from the gunman. He gets there, he knows his wife is in that building. He knows that gunman is near his wife. Does he seem concerned to you? Does he seem does he seem anxious? Does he seem to have the same heart that his wife had who threw her body in front of children? This officer keep his picture up. Was checking his damn cell phone with the Punisher wallpaper has been identified as Tubin Ruiz, an officer with the school police department. He knew his wife was there. Let's put up a picture of his amazing wife. Her name is Eva Morales, fourth grade teacher, was shot while shielding her students from the gunman in her classroom. Now, according to the report, he was checking his phone because she had contacted him when he was on scene saying that she had been shot, that she was dying, right? Now, I want you to understand the context here. A state Texas rep reported this and said, hey, the husband received information that his wife was shot. Wife communicates with him, she's shot and she's dying. What did he do? Now, there is nothing, and and I get it. People are going to push back and say, you know, it was a bad situation. Uh, there were a lot of cops around. Um, maybe he wanted to completely break rank, and there's a report that says he tried to, uh, in order to save his his wife. I don't see it. Now I know this is not the common narrative that I'm saying right now. I don't see it. I don't see a man who has just been told by his wife, I'm shot and I'm dying, okay? It's not a damn cop in that hallway that would have stopped me from trying to shoot my way to my wife, period. I don't see it. Now, Jackson, you can say I'm wrong here, brother. But looking at that video, I do not see a man who is willing to do whatever he needs to do to save his wife when a gunman is in the building killing her and children. No, absolutely not. Um, and you know, there was no sense of uh, anxiousness, no sense of urgency that you saw from him. And if there was anybody uh, that I loved in there, not going to let some punk kid who's killing people in a school because he wants to make himself some infamous stamp in American history stand in the way between helping that person that I love. And I mean, the police officers aren't going to weren't going. It's not like they were going to shoot him for running ahead. So just this whole thing was just a failure from top to bottom, really in an astonishing way. And above anything else, I think this was one of the 
you know, most tragic best examples that anyone could see of how important good leadership really is. Yeah. Because if if there's no good leadership, then you know, whatever the group is, whatever the organization is, it just won't operate well and it just won't do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And now, it just won't. According to him, uh, uh, he was disarmed by the police because he tried to 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 move forward and and save his wife. I, I don't listen. Uh, I'm a civilian. All right. If I'm in that hallway, I'd be damned if a police is going to disarm me. I just have to be dead. You're going to have to kill me or let me go in here and save my wife. But one or two going to happen. All right, there's no in between here. You will not walk me off the campus when my wife has told me she is shot and dying. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Okay, we're gonna read some of these amazing comments. Don't have a lot of time, but I can get to some of them. Um, Great Ape Apex says, what kind of life do you live with yourself after being such cowards? Um, Raven Madcat, I mean, it's possible he was seeing if his wife had contacted him, not to be defensive. But listen, that, that is actually possible, that's possible. But if that's true, then what stops you from saving your wife who says, I have been shot, I'm dying. I was trying to save kids and the killer shot me. She reached out to him because she's expecting him to be able to save her, right? He's in the building, he's, he's in the building. He's too close to do nothing, especially when we have a mother who jumped the fence, ran inside and got her children out as well as other children. She had no combat training, no gun, no artillery, no, um, protective gear, no backup. So that's just why I'm at with it. Uh, Bronte says he isn't uh, smoking the good dope. He ate the wrong mushroom. Talking about Alex Jones. Um, Meany 2022 says he doesn't even look like he's stressed, even if he was checking his phone. Right, talking about the cop. Gujaman says, wow, dude has a Punisher screensaver when he knows damn well he's no Frank Castle. I just, I can't, I don't understand. I don't understand. All right. Very sad, all right, a woman on a Southwest flight, okay? She's thrown from her wheelchair and suffers extreme injuries. Let me first put up the pictures of the injuries. Let me show you what this did to the young lady. Here it is, do you see that? Okay, let's go back. Let's go back to the first graphic here, the 24 year old Gabby Asseline was traveling from South Florida to Denver in February. And according to her mother, Sandra on the right, they originally planned and had constant communication with the airline and his vendor to make sure she had a safe experience. Now, according to the report, the Southwest airline staffers refused to help her get down a jet bridge in her wheelchair, they refused to help her. That's according to the report. This is the condition Gabby has that requires her to use wheelchair sometimes because she cannot walk long distances. My daughter already was living with an extremely rare condition called fibrodysplasia, where muscle tissue turns to bone, limiting her mobility with each flare up. I had a very good friend of mine who 
died from this, okay? And when those flare ups happened, he could not move. It was so painful for him, it was hard to watch. When you tell an airline, this is the issue, we need to make sure we have appropriate staff available and they tell you yes, that's a lot of trust. That's a lot of professional responsibility and they should treat it as such. After Gabby asked for someone to help her with the wheelchair down the corridor, okay? A Southwest supervisor at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport declined the request. Forcing her to navigate this corridor, this jet bridge as it's called on her own, right? Where she was thrown from her wheelchair. Landing on her head, paralyzing her from the neck down. Her mom's account of the incident on the GoFundMe, she organized for her daughter says, and I quote, nothing could prepare me for seeing my daughter in that hospital bed. Let's put up the picture again. Let's keep that up, okay? A Southwest airline supervisor is responsible for this. The mother says nothing could have prepared me for seeing my daughter in that hospital bed unconscious with that many tubes attached to her, helping stabilize her. Throughout that first week, we pieced together parts of what happened. Gabby fell on the head, fractured her C2 vertebrae, resulting in a severe spinal cord injury. She had a cardiac arrest and had to be intubated immediately after she was resuscitated. She's currently presenting as a quadriplegic, she's on a ventilator. The family has now filed a lawsuit against Southwest Airlines and Irving based G2 secure staff. The contractor providing wheelchair escorts at the airport. The suit is demanding, the suit is demanding that Southwest pay for the medical care, compensate for her suffering. After the hospital, she would need to be moved to a live-in inpatient rehab facility. But she will learn to live with her new reality, her mother wrote. Gavin will need occupational speech, physical, psychological, many other therapies in order to regain what she lost. The lawsuit also claims that Southwest should have warned Gabby about dangerous conditions on the jet bridge, provided proper training to employees for helping passengers with wheelchairs. Remember, it was requested, it was coordinated. And it did not happen. This is what a Southwest spokesperson said. Southwest Airlines primary priority is the safety of our people and customers both on the ground and in the air. We have reviewed the customer's initial account of her travel experience and have offered a response directly to those involved. Southwest Airlines will continue to work with customer and other parties involved to investigate and address the facts and circumstances relating to the travel experience. I'm emotional about this because I have reported on so many stories where people who have a physical disability get on a plane and come out injured because staff refuse to do the human thing. You get paid too much damn money for this. 
Now, I promise you this, I would never fly another Southwest airline in my life until they have a responsive protocol that allows those with disabilities to actually be okay. We're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry and they refuse to invest money to make sure that those that are diverse amongst us with some form of disability can be just okay. Just make sure they're safe. All right, Jackson thoughts on this. Yeah, so this is definitely one of the more you know sad stories that I've ever seen. And really to consider how much effort you really have to take to you know, push someone out of their wheelchair, so much so to the point that they hit their head like that. That took effort and that took uh, some form of hostility. I mean, you know, for them to, you know, I, I won't push you down uh, this lane. Something so simple and like you said, just uh, just human to help somebody out. Um, and there's absolutely no reason why Southwest shouldn't pay up and shouldn't help this family to the utmost. Because they absolutely have the resources to do it. But when I was looking over this earlier, this is definitely one of the more unfortunate and sad stories that I've ever seen. Yeah, sure. but we're gonna we're gonna follow up on this one. Uh, and the protocol of Southwest Airlines has to change, um, or I am going to be hell on them until it does. All right, so we're gonna follow up. John Deere worker says John Deere is actually a racist company. John Deere is now Target of a racial discrimination lawsuit by a black man who worked there for 12 years and alleges he was harassed from day one at the company, okay? This is an interesting story. Let's put up the graphic of their, I think this is their headquarters. The lawsuit filed on June 29th in the Iowa District Court for Polk County says Johnny Hogan was hired in September 2010 It claims He was called a racial slur on his very first day. According to the Miami Herald, Hogan's attorneys assert that ever since John Deere has allowed a culture of racism to flourish and thrive within the Des Moines Works facility. While he tried to ignore much of the antagonistic behavior, Mr. Hogan said there was one nickname that stuck with him for years. The angry black man. One supervisor even used it at a morning meeting, according to the lawsuit. Now, I need you to understand the game they're playing here, okay? People are allowed to get angry. People are allowed to express emotion within proper standards and barriers. That's fine. But see, black folk, men and women, we're told if we get angry, we're gonna have a reputation as the angry black man. Or the angry black woman, right? They're trying to dilute you actually standing up for yourself. This is a preemptive attack to limit your comfort in being able to talk for you, all right? The lawsuit illustrates several other examples of racist behavior at the facility, including jokes about Hogan eating fried chicken on a lunch break. And a coworker asking him if he ever worked in the cotton industry. When Hogan answered in the affirmative, the coworker allegedly said, it's good you and your ancestors have something in common. Another colleague asked Hogan to teach him how to make cornbread because his wife really likes black people cornbread. Hogan was even subjected to threats, including a supervisor saying he needed to be chained 
to a dock. And another worker saying he left Hogan's children in a pool to drown, according to the Herald. Hogan reportedly complained about the harassment to a compliance hotline in November 2020. No action was taken, no surprise there. He was, however, transferred in 2021 to a new department where he experienced even more racism, including being referred to as boy. A second hotline complaint in March 2021 resulted in the firing of a supervisor, which earned Hogan the disdain of his colleagues. That month, Hogan reportedly filed a complaint with the Iowa Civil Rights Commission. At that point, his lawsuit says Hogan supervisors that John Deere started to over supervise him, harassing him for little things such as time spent in the bathroom. Into this year, he alleges he was continually yelled at, singled out and discriminated against out of fear of retribution. And as a result of the mental distress and emotional distress, he suffered because of the discrimination and harassment he endured. Hogan went on short term disability. His lawsuit against John Deere seeks a jury trial, damages and a court order for the company to examine discriminatory practices. Um, This is not a silo or separate from many of the cultural realities that exist in corporate America, right? So it took 12 years. I can't imagine what his psychology is today. Uh, I'm sure that he's hypersensitive to a lot of things because of what he endured. I'm glad today he's standing up for himself, Uh, but Jackson, This is not really abnormal, this is pretty normative in white dominated cultures in this country. Yeah, it's definitely normative. And I mean, look at how this country was founded, look where we came from, look at the type of culture that's passed through family. And obviously this is indicative of the type of people who come through the company because he was switched to another facility and had to endure even worse treatment. And it's important to know, you know, people who are in situations like this, they're really trapped. Uh, you know, they, you can't just necessarily up and pack your things and move to another job. That could be inconvenient, maybe for affordability, or maybe you have children who are in a good school district. There's so many reasons why people can't just up and move. So, you know, uh, when minorities, black, you know, whether it's black people, Latino people, whoever it may be, are in situations like this, oftentimes there's really not much they can do. And as we saw, he was punished for trying to do something about it. Well said. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. I should not be, I've never seen a drive by Karen. I have never seen this before, it's something new. We have to add this to the guidebook on Karenicity here. Um, Not sure what happened beforehand. I cannot rule out being that this may have been Karen or Karen criminal activity going down. I cannot rule that out. Both cars could have been doing some Karening back and forth. But I thought it was interesting when she started going one by one to everybody in that vehicle. Um, which for me, it's a Friday, we're gonna put it on indisputable. Being thoughts. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's so wild. Like, I don't understand why people can't calm down. But like, I guess I there's like a core psychology to it, right? Which is like, it's called the joy of being the cause, right? And it's uh, it's pretty wild. Basically, when people feel like they don't have a lot of control over their lives, they end up doing things that are very destructive in order to sort of reclaim control. And I think this sort of like wave of like just rampant, like uh, sort of Karen behavior, um, I think stems from that, right? I think stems from that. The society we live in is very alienating and people feel the need to like exert arbitrary power on random strangers. Um, and it's just deeply, deeply unhealthy. It's deeply unhealthy. Like it's not actually good for your mental health to be running around shouting at random people. Um, you know, from a car, yeah. like it's not, it's not good for you. Yeah, and it takes so much away from your day. You know, people are going to cut you off in traffic, it happens. Uh, individuals are going to beat the horn at you, it happens, right? Somebody may even look at you and you think, well, well, why are they looking at me so weird? It happens. But when you pause your life in order to give that energy the time of day, you now have to match that energy or you have to come stronger than that energy. You only have a certain amount of energy every day, that's it. If you exert a bunch of energy on BS, guess what happens? You don't have energy to be creative. You don't have energy to be innovative. You don't have energy to play with the kids or maybe to do a nice thing at the end of the day or have a good conversation with somebody you need to catch up with or just hang out, right? Let your hair down, take a load off. You don't have the energy to do it because you exerted it on some random ass Karen who got you out of character. Herschel Walker's son is at it again. Now he's mad because Starbucks had the audacity to have up a pride flag. A what? Here it is. These flags from hell should have been removed 13 days ago. Pride month is over. Where's my American flag? You're intolerant of how I identify as a freaking American. I'm gonna ask them if they need me to deliver a freaking American flag. Hi, excuse me. Um, do y'all have an American flag up or do you, should I bring one? Cause you have a bunch of pride flags up, but no, no American ones. Do you have one up? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, huh? Okay, I can bring one, thank you. Okay, so you have five pride flags up, you have five and you don't have one American one. You get a pride month cause you're in America. You don't know if you have one. Well, purchase one. You don't know if you have one, but you have five of the other ones. I've, we've got you. We got you. You hate the country. We get it. Ma'am, ma'am, you don't need to tell baristas that I'm an for because I have an opinion. Get your drink and go and go away. I, I can have an opinion like everybody else. You know, I've tried to give Christian Walker a pass because his daddy is Herschel Walker. Uh, but I think he has pushed me to the absolute limit on that. Uh, ironically, the R&B singer Kalani was actually in front of his car while he was doing this. He proceeded to also harass um, customers at Starbucks. Kalani tells the rest of the story, here it is. I was in the Starbucks line this morning. I know you've all seen the video by now, let's talk about it. I see behind me that kid Christian Walker visibly losing his in the car via my two mirrors. 
screen I'm not screen recording, but doing this on his screen to zoom in and film the Starbucks workers and film all the flags that are in the Starbucks windows. I see him losing his the whole time. Mind you, it's going slow because there's so many people in the line. He proceeds to get to the little order box thing and is clearly harassing whoever's behind the order box thing and like going back to his phone like, and I'm like, oh, I feel like this man is going to come up to the window and harass all these workers. So I get to the window and I'm like, yo, just letting y'all know the guy behind me, that's that like Republican Trump supporter kid who is, has a habit of like harassing, you know, this community, even though he's a part of it, don't, that just blows my mind. I'm like, watch out because he's coming up here with his. His, his phone ready to record. Now he didn't start recording when he actually started speaking to me. When he actually started speaking to me, it was you're holding up the line, da -da 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 -da, all this, this, that, right? I know what you want to do. You want to get a reaction out of me so that you can go viral and then you can pose this as some kind of uh, take on people with my political stance or assumed political stance and people fr from my community, people like me, etc., etc. Yeah. So obviously, Private corporations have the right to put up whatever flag they choose or not to. Um, that seems to be missed on uh, young Christian here. Um, also, uh, yes, you are entitled to your opinion. You're not entitled to harass people. That's not legal, but you are entitled to your opinion. And we are entitled to ours and she was entitled to hers. But remember this tweet you put out Christian in 2016, August 7th to be exact. I love Kalani so much, he said. Jackson, thoughts? You know, Christian Walker is just an annoying, stupid, loser little kid who's attention seeking at every turn. That's all he is. And he's very psychologically damaged. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, well, the fact is, too, if Herschel Walker wins, which he, you know, has a good chance of doing, then this is going to be what is going to come with him. Uh, Christian's going to be even more popular, and you know this is just what comes with Herschel Walker. So we're going to be seeing a lot more of this guy. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, man, his dad and Herschel Walker. <laughs> All right. Uh, always a pleasure, brother. Have you on the show? Tell people how they can follow you. Check out your great work. Absolutely. Yeah, you can uh, find me on Rebel HQ. I drop videos Monday through Friday, and again, uh, it's always good to be here with you as well. Looking forward to next time. Absolutely. Same here. Remember. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.